following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Going beyond the box score and the diamond, this is the show with the latest news and information on your hometown nine and the entire organization. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Chris Atterbury with you here on a Sunday morning. Twins trying to finish off a sweep of the Chicago White Sox today, and we kick off our day with Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We're going to make a legend today. Jace Tingler, first year with the Minnesota Twins, bench coach for the Minnesota Twins, and uh, you get to make your debut here on Inside Twins, and we're awfully excited to have you in studio, Jason. First and foremost, we want our fans to get a chance to know who you are. As the bench coach, uh, you know, you kind of are working in the shadows a little bit, so we wanted to, to bring you out into the sunlight and let people kind of hear who you are and, and how you came to be uh, the man you are, the baseball man you are. And I'm going to start with your parents because I did a little research with one of my colleagues, and your parents are legendary coaches and teachers in your hometown in Missouri. So uh, I guess it would only follow that you would be a coach yourself. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And uh, speaking of my parents, I do like to brag, uh, especially on my uh, mother. So they're both high school coaches, uh, high school teachers. And uh, my mom retired. It's probably been 10 years ago. But when she retired, and I think this still holds up today, she has the most wins in uh women's high school basketball for a female coach in the state of Missouri. So it's a lot of W's. Yes. And and I I believe she did it 30 years. So she had some really good teams, really good players, but, uh, and and she's in the uh, Missouri state high school hall of fame. Uh, So I do like to brag on her. And your dad coached fast pitch softball. Yeah. Um, actually, we're, we're from a small town, Smithville, and uh, they kind of started the program. Oh, shoot, it was probably the mid-90s, and he started uh, the program. Uh, so he does high school. He did, I should say, high school softball, uh, did men's and women's for a time of uh, basketball, and then uh, they're both also track coaches as well. So in a small town, um, when you're coaching one sport, you, you usually have two or three other, other uh um, head coaching jobs as well. That's not so much now, um, where you know maybe maybe coaches are, are kind of isolated on one sport. But growing up, that was that was the deal. Kind of uh, there, there was never a season off. Did you have them in class as a student, and then also did you play for for your folks? So I did not play for them. I had a, I had my mother as a PE teacher in high school. And uh, my dad, uh, as a history uh, teacher, my junior and senior year. So, yes. Did you pass? Did you pass the class? Um, I passed history somehow, <laughs> and mom was uh, not happy with my mile time runs. <laughs> and the, I think it was the, the – do you remember doing the, the president's challenge? Oh, yeah. The, oh, president, oh, yeah. the presidential fitness Yeah, test. yeah. She didn't like how some the of the numbers – yeah, The Yes. Okay. That's right. Pull-ups, the, the sit and reach is what mm. killed me. All right. Well, it worked <laughs> out, and uh, I think you, you've turned out okay. So that's that's a good thing. You were a basketball star in addition to your baseball talents. You played baseball, obviously, collegiately and, and professionally. But you're not 6'10". Right. A little left-handed Allen Iverson. Like what? Uh, you you had some serious game in, on the court. You know, it, it it was probably a product. Both mom and dad were high school basketball coaches, so I kind of grew up in the gym. 
Um, I loved basketball. I played a lot of basketball. Uh, but it wasn't until kind of my sophomore, junior year in, in high school, I was getting recruited for both basketball and baseball. Uh, but here's kind of an interesting story. So in baseball, I was from a small town, but we had a summer ball team and we were, we were really good. There were, there, there were 14 kids on the team and all of a sudden our junior year, all these scouts are showing up. They, they weren't there to see me. I was a byproduct of this. Uh, we had this shortstop that moved in from the Dominican Republic, and he was playing, and all these scouts are there. And it ended up being Albert Pujols. But um, so all these, you know, high or, or, or college scouts and then pro scouts are there, and which was great. They're there to watch Albert. But over, you know, maybe, maybe I would only get to see once, but because of Albert and some other really good players on the team, some college coaches maybe got six or seven looks at me. And so I was kind of a byproduct of that. So obviously ended up choosing baseball, went to the University of Missouri and got drafted later on. So, so yeah, but, but, but I loved playing basketball growing up. Kind of worked out for Albert, too. But, uh, kind of, I, I think he's doing okay. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the Pujols kid turned out, turned out all right. I want to talk to you about uh, what's always an interesting time for me. You have a professional career. You're in the minor leagues for a while. The move from being a player to being a coach – uh, for some people, it's a natural transition. For other people, they fight it. For other people, they have to leave the game and then come back to it. How did that come about for you? It's baseball's such a small, small world. So I was in Double A with the Texas Rangers, and uh, Scott Service, the manager for uh, the Seattle Mariners, was the, the the farm director at the time. And I'd kind of topped out uh, talent wise, just just kind of at Double A. I kind of knew that. I think the organization knew that, and whatever. Um, I had expressed to the farm director, Scott, hey, like, I don't know if you have any openings. I would love to coach. I had something kind of lined up on the college side to, to start the coaching. He came back to me and said, we've got something. It's going to be a little bit different. He said, we just opened an academy in uh, the Dominican Republic. Would you be interested? And um, I immediately thought about it. I took some time. And all I needed to finish up my college degree was Spanish 1, 2, and 3. I'm like, when am I ever going to need this? Uh, but anyway, I, I ended up committing to go down there, uh, start an academy. It was a one-year commitment. I fell in love with the players. I fell in love with the program, the country. I ended up staying three years down there, uh, which was great. Uh, so I spent a lot of time down there. And then uh, what was neat was you know, I had a bunch of players down there and then Two, three years later, we transferred over. I came to the, the United States, managed rookie ball, had a lot of those players as well. So we kind of came up together, and um, uh, that, 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 that was a special time for sure. And you've gone back and managed in the winter ball down there as well, haven't you? Yes. In 2019, I went down and I managed uh, in Santo Domingo for, for Escojito. Uh, so that That's was serious stuff. It, they take that it's an serious. it's an absolute blast it's an absolute blast just the the winter ball the passion um yeah I, I, I absolutely love no doubt no <laughs> yeah. doubt what a great experience now you have managed to work your way from from that position uh you're managing and you're coaching you're developing young kids working in the minor leagues you're in the front office for a while you're overseeing yep. farm systems for a while you've been an interim bench coach you end up a manager you've had literally every role that you could possibly have and that makes you very desirable in this modern day and age where alignment from top to bottom is so important from the front office into the dugout but was there a pull for you when you were in the front office to get back in a uniform and how strong was that pull so uh yes it, it, it was really strong you find out 
you know, about yourself by, by doing things. There, there were so many things I learned from the front office. I, I had so many opportunities to learn from different people, to, to travel around. Um, I, I learned a ton, but I also knew that I missed the dugout. I missed being around 25, 26 players, a staff. Uh, so that's one thing that came away from it. So kind of after the, the 2018 season, I had an opportunity to go back to the dugout. I was lucky at the time Chris Woodward hired me on to, to his staff at 19. Uh, so that that's kind of how that came about. Uh, I Like I said, I learned a ton in the front office. But I also missed being around the players, the competition, just the the the, the challenge to win the game, um, you know, with a group of men. Yeah, and it's so valuable to understand the thought process upstairs when you're now in the dugout trying to execute uh, a thought process and leading a group of men. Jace Tingler, Twins bench coach, is our guest. The show is Inside Twins. Much more to get to with Jace Tingler. We're going to take a quick break. Again, our show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We are back with more after this on your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to Inside Twins. Chris Atterbury with you from our network headquarters here at Target Field. Target Field will be buzzing later today as the Twins and Chris Archer take on maybe Lucas Giolito and the Chicago White Sox as the Twins bid for a sweep. Jace Tingler is in studio with us here. Uh, obviously, he's going to get out and uh, prepare for what we hope is a Twins victory here in a moment, but a chance to chat more with the Twins bench coach. And let's start with that, that title. Uh, for years, the coaching names and duties were pretty simple. That's changed in baseball as we've learned better ways to communicate, more efficient ways to, to to do business of making players better, of winning games. Bench coach can be mean a lot of different things. Sure. Um, how have you and Rocco and the rest of this staff and organization kind of figured out what you want that role to be to take advantage of all of your experiences and skills? Yeah. First and foremost, I think you know my main responsibility is to serve, and that's you know to to, to serve the players, to serve Rocco, to serve the staff, and so um, being able to dive in and be a part of whether it's the pitching, the hitting, the base running, the defense, the fundamentals, being able in game. I try to think one, two, three innings ahead, so I'm able to kick ideas to to Rocco. Um, uh, obviously, there's a ton of information coming down with the analytics and being able to be updated, whether that's uh, use in game or information to translate to players, all those things. But certainly, a big responsibility is how we how we play uh, fundamental baseball and how does our our team defense, how's our cuts and relays, where we at on the positioning, and how we handle in bunt plays and field in our positions doing those type of things um so it, it's so nice uh to, to to work with a group that's what's been so refreshing uh Rocco the entire staff over here uh the players have just been outstanding it's so exciting to show up to work uh every day you know you wake up in the morning you're ready to go and and why is that it's a very very good atmosphere a good environment we're going to get back to some specifics on that in a second but before we do just having managed and having been in that bright light yourself as a major league manager, as well as managing at different levels in the minor leagues, uh, how much does that help you understand what it's like in that seat 12 inches to your left where Rocco is and what he might need or what when you were managing maybe you wanted to get or might have needed from a bench coach? Sure. I, I think it helps a ton. I can when Rocco's talking or explaining something or there's situations, it's 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 always nice to have at least a little bit of experience. Hey, I've been here 
this worked for me, this didn't work for me, be able to add, um, you know, some, some, some just experience, you know, to, to, to a discussion. Uh, so I think the, the, the managing experience, good, bad, you know, you go through, through good times, you go through bad times, but I think all those things, being able to draw back on, on, on those experiences and be able to share that, um, I, I, I believe it helps. I want to go back to what you talked about, fundamentals, making sure things are right. One of the abilities you have, opportunities you have as a bench coach that you really don't have as a manager is the chance to hands-on put work in in those areas. You might be the most fired-up guy for pregame work I've ever seen. I mean, you you bring some energy. You, Tony, everybody out there yesterday, um, not only do you seem to relish the opportunity to get your hands on players and, and work with your feet in the dirt, but you seem to elevate the energy of all those guys in your work group. You know, Tommy working with the outfielders, Tony with the infielders, and then, you know. Uh, Hank's got the catchers. Uh, yeah. No doubt. And and so, you know, like I said earlier, when, when, when I said, like, I, th- I truly think we wake up in the morning. We love getting to the, the, the clubhouse. Um, I think that, you know, it starts with, you know, the players and the staff. And so when we're able to get out there and get our, our pregame routine in, there, there there's true excitement. There's there, there's It's a tight group. Um, they get along. They compete together. And I think that's growing. And I think that's contagious. And so, you know, when Tony gets out there and myself and we're hitting ground balls or Tommy, um, everybody's truly excited because we know that the game's two hours away. We're starting to really isolate and start getting our concentration honed in and getting our skills tightened up and uh, just getting ready for the game and getting ready to compete. Some people manufacture energy when they're in a coaching role or a leadership role. I feel like that's just who you are. Are you just always always on on red are you are you always a full go <laughs> I, I i don't feel that i think i get fed off um i love people i love players i i, I love this game and and when you get to see guys put in the work and compete and lay everything they have out there you know on the line and and uh you watch guys fail and you watch how they respond, and you watch the work that goes in, and when you see it go full circle and guys make an adjustment and start to make progress, and and usually really good progress is baby steps. And so being able to celebrate those small victories and continuing guys to keep putting your left in front of your right, that excites me uh, to see players continue to make progress. It, it, It truly does. So I would say it's probably pretty organic and and just kind of natural that's the teacher in you right there i mean a coach is a teacher at the at the core of it a coach is a teacher you've played for uh you've coached with against working organizations with a ton of wonderful instructors coaches managers whatever their title happened to be who are some of the biggest influences on you in terms of how you go about it i've been around so many good ones and in all different areas and and from you know different organizations um and so being around this staff here and seeing how Rocco is, uh, you know, handling the job and, and all the responsibilities, and he does it with a certain calmness and a sense of peace, um, it, it, it's been outstanding. I would say, like, as far as, you know, you learn, I've been able to steal, I would use the word steal, um, a lot of things from, from a lot of uh, really good just baseball people. Uh, in the game. But I also think uh, you learn equally as much maybe when you're coming up 
on maybe what not to do. You know, you're a young coach, you're watching, you see some mistakes being made. And so I think just being able to be around for as long as I've been now, you know, it feels like I've been in pro ball almost 20 years. And and so I think you learn from a lot of good and you also learn from the bad as well. And so, hey, if you ever get the opportunity, don't do that, et cetera. So I think you can learn both ways for sure. That's a great point. You you can learn what's working, but also how to avoid some potholes and some speed bumps so that maybe you don't have to deal with those situations. Jace Tingler is our guest, Twins bench coach. One final segment, we'll talk about Byron Buxton. He's always fun to talk about when we return on your home for Twins Baseball. Bottom two and a pitch. Line to first and pass to Brayu and into right field. Jeffers around third. He will score. Throw comes to first. Cut off by Abreu. And Buxton makes second base. The bat, the speed delivering in the second. Jeffers is in. Byron's at second. 2-0 Twins. That, of course, was from yesterday. Corey with the call. Nice little Saturday for Byron. Four for four. Hit one in the upper tank. Lead his team to a victory. Welcome back to Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killaby Root Beer. Locally owned and operated. How memories are created and legends are made. And Jace Tingler, you knew about Byron Buxton. Everybody knew about Byron Buxton. You now get to see how he works, who he is, get to know him, watch him every day. Uh, What has matched up with your expectations and what has maybe exceeded or been different? I knew he was good. I had seen him from the other dugouts over the years. I had no idea um, how real and how good this was. So um, what would people not know? Um, Watching him, and it started in spring training, what he does before the game, the prep work, how much this guy cares, everything that goes into it um, has been absolutely uh, just a gold standard of how you prepare, how you, how you're, you're, you're a professional, et cetera. Um, I, I think the game yesterday, right? Like, you know, you're watching, you see the home run, but then you see the bullet to right and you take the extra base and, and it's just, gets you a run because there's, there's, you, you start to look at just, just the, his, his entire game. And it's as, it's as complete. Um, he go, he can go gap to gap. He can go opposite field. He can go power the way he runs the absolute best defender in center field. And then what an awesome teammate leader etc and then how guys are fed off of his energy his his intensity um the way he competes there are so many things that i'm so excited to continue to watch him grow and the beauty of it is you said watch him grow we're nowhere near the ceiling there may not be a ceiling this may be a convertible this guy is so driven and um he is determined to whatever he has at full capacity like he's he's going to get there he's he's so driven we've got just a couple minutes left uh, a final thought uh, before you head out to, to take on these White Sox here today. Uh, this is a uh, part of the year where it's day game, it's cold. There's a lot of – it's not that routine. And baseball is so much about the routine. Are you a guy who is eager to get into that, okay, we're playing night games again, we're on a routine, uh, and get kind of into the, the grind of it that comes maybe two, three weeks into a season? 
Yeah, I think that's natural. I, I, I do. Of, of course, you know, we're, we're looking forward to warm up, et cetera. But right now we're enjoying it. We're enjoying the challenges. We're enjoying the night, the uh, day game. The You know, it was a little bit warmer yesterday. It's a little <laughs> bit cooler today. But we're enjoying how we take care of ourselves and how we hydrate and how we warm up and how we, how we stretch and how we've got to stay hot during the game and all these things. And so uh, not that we have to master it. We want to. Uh, we want to be really good. at We just got to be better than, than than the other dugout at these things. And so right now we're we're, we're just taking it truly day to day, and and we're understanding the challenges. And we believe as a group we're going to get get things working on all cylinders and really get on a roll. Yeah, it's a group that feels very together, and not all teams feel that one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's a, it's a group, and and even if we're having we're struggling in an area, you can feel the energy. You can feel everybody pulling for each other, uh, which is a really good feeling. Chase, it's awesome to have you here in Minnesota. Great to have you in studio. We'll do it again sometime. Now, why don't you go out and try to win a ball game today? Chris, thanks for having me today. Thank you. Bench coach Jace Tingler, our guest. The show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. A reminder, we are just getting started. We've got the pregame lineup card coming up next. We will get you all set for first pitch from Target Field. We'll hear from Rocco Baldelli. We'll hear from Steve Stone on our road to Cooperstown, as well as our twin storyline. Following that, Corey and Danny will have lineups and first pitch. Chris Archer's been outstanding, and Archer will take the mound in front of the home fans here today as the Twins, who have already secured their first series win of the year, look for their first sweep of 2022. It's a big day of Twins baseball. Glad to have you on board right here on your home for Twins baseball. You've been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.